Or in- This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. Well, vaccine-related deaths are going through the roof and being unreported. A doctor who said he wouldn't cry at funerals of unvaxxed persons died soon after receiving his third shot. A vaccine safety report said that the CDC and FDA failed to warn about hundreds, in fact thousands, of serious adverse reactions. Yet Pope Francis today has said humanity needs a global reset. A global reset, that's right, a new world order. That's the terminology, the euphemism for a new world order, which he said must be accomplished as a result of the crisis following COVID. What is the crisis about COVID anyway? Have we, in fact, found a way, has humanity, in fact, found a way to terrorize the world's peoples in order to accomplish a new world order that has been escaped the grasp the goal of the world's elite now for about 60, 75 years. Now the Pope has declared the new world order. He says we must do it now. And yet, the terror that's invading the world as a result of vaccination mandates is beyond the pale. And so I welcome you to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer's conversation with all Increasing conviction talk that transforms today. I listened to a woman on video from Australia. When I tried to go back and pick it up this afternoon in order to allow you to hear it, it was no longer available. It was a passionate plea to the world to look at what is happening in Australia, the complete abandonment of all human freedom, in favor of massive, massive dictatorial lockdowns and depriving of freedom and assaulting of human beings who are merely attempting to stand for what they think is right. It was a very passionate plea. I wish you could have heard it. But that's not the only passionate plea. I want to share with you a very strange email that I received. Very strange indeed. It has to do with an obituary. An obituary. That's right. And we're going to see what it has to say here in just a moment. That is, if and when I can actually discover it on the broadcast desk amid the Dozens and dozens of articles will get to it. The obituary that warns the world. A doctor's obituary that warns the world. In the meantime, I received this email from one of our listeners. I listen to Viewpoint on a daily basis, and thank you for your strong voice. 
I am a Christian and work for a long-standing medical facility in Texas. It has come down from our corporate office and HR department today that they will be abiding by Biden's mandate, even though there has been a stay by the courts. I believe it's mainly due to the pressure of the Medicare-Medicaid funding being cut off, in which they are totally dependent upon. So, in other words, this is all about money. I will not bow, she says. This thing is demonically inspired and a spiritual battle. I will be submitting a religious exemption, and I am sure it will be denied. So, I will be losing my job. What legal stance do we have? I'm asking the Lord for his guidance and wisdom. I'm not worried. I know that God is in control, but I just need some advice. Are the proper words to use regarding the religious exemption? I hope that the corporation will take heed to and understand and still stand by my religious beliefs. Thank you for your help. Well, that's a tall order. That's a very tall order because there are various thoughts concerning the matter of applying for religious belief exemption. And we're not going to get into that today here on Viewpoint. But we are going to take a look at the developments that are revealing the dramatic increase in deaths as a result of the vaccines. And we're also going to discover that doctors are increasingly saying, you know what, we can't trust these vaccines. In fact, Dr. McCullough, one of the most uh, revered doctors concerning COVID-19, has said, he and his group have said, the risk of dying now from vaccine appears greater than of dying from COVID. That came out for the World Tribune. For those of you who wonder whether we have any evidence to back up what we're saying here on Viewpoint, that report from Dr. Peter McCullough, the world's most frequently cited authority on early COVID-19 treatment, explained findings presented to the Food and Drug Administration back on October 17th that showed alarming patterns in the rates of deaths from COVID-19 vaccines versus the virus itself. One of the studies was first published in the medical journal, uh, Elsevier uh, Toxology Reports. It asserts that even among those most likely to benefit from taking the vaccine, that is those age 65 and older, there are five times the numbers of deaths attributed to each inoculation versus those attributed to COVID-19 itself. The younger the age group, the greater the risk posed by the vaccination versus remaining unvaccinated. The authors, therefore, called for an end to the vaccine program. McCullough explained it like this. Less than 1% of people at any given time ever get exposed to covid so it's 100% deterministic that if you take the vaccine, you take the risks associated with it. And it's less than 1% who will run into COVID and its risks. So because the CDC data, the risks of death due to the vaccine are very calculable, said McCullough. We know that 50% of deaths due to the vaccine occur within two days, 80% within a week. They found that in 86% of the cases, there was no other explanation than the vaccine. Even across age groups, the data showed that there is a higher risk of dying with the vaccine 
than taking your chances of running into COVID and then dying of COVID. And that by age group, the risk is even more dramatic for the young. So why then has the FDA and the President of the United States and the CDC and the FDA called for the exposure of America's 28 million children between the ages of 5 and 11 to a new vaccine. And they're bragging about how it is being, kids are being jabbed all over the country. In Virginia, we heard of the governor's wife celebrating the jabbing of her children, taking them, and uh, the children are being induced, seduced, bribed, given all kinds of promises, all kinds of benefits. Just take the vax. Really? What's going on here? Stay tuned, friends. We have barely scratched the surface today. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. Welcome back to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. Steve Kirsch, executive director of the Vaccine Safety Research Foundation, reported that his team of vaccine safety experts found hundreds of serious adverse events that were completely missed by the CDC that should have been mentioned in the informed consent document that are given to patients. There were over 4,000 various adverse event codes that were elevated by these vaccines by a factor of 10 or more baseline, he said. His group also asserts that the benefit of the vaccine, its effect on reducing mortality, is significantly lower than the risk of dying from it. They noted that the Pfizer six-month trial published in the New England Journal of Medicine on November 4th found that the drug saved only one life for every 22,000 people vaccinated. So actually, actually, vaccinating 220 million people might save 10,000 lives. Well, might save 10,000 lives. But there are many more than that that seem to be losing their lives as a result of the vaccine. Vaccines. The spike protein that's produced in response to the delivery of the mRNA is cytotoxic and results in blood clots, inflammation, and scarring throughout your body, which then creates a wider range of severe adverse events than any vaccine in human history. He writes, What is worse is that the complete canceling of discussion that has resulted deprives patients experiencing adverse reactions from seeking help that is available to them. Patients believe they're doctors and never figure out where to get a uh, cytokine uh, panel to discover that they are vaccine injured. So people never learn to rid their body of the spike protein either. Then came the obituary. The obituary of Mike Granada. A doctor. I want you to listen to his obituary because it is a re, it is a warning 
to the world. It's circulating on Twitter. His dying wish was that the public receive this message. And so you're going to receive right now the message from Mike Granata. Many nurses and non-nursing staff begged me and my wife to get the truth out to the public about the COVID-19 vaccines because the truth of deaths from the vaccine was being hidden within the medical profession. So I promised I would get the message out. So here is my message. Remember, this is an obituary. He said, I was afraid of getting the vaccine for fear that I might die. At the insistence of my doctor... I gave in to pressure to get vaccinated. On August 17th, I received the Moderna vaccine and started feeling ill three years later. I never recovered but continued to get worse. I developed multi-system inflammation and multi-system failure that medical professions could not stop. My muscles disappeared as if to disintegrate. I was in ICU for several weeks and stabbed with needles up to 24 times a day for those several weeks while also receiving six or seven IVs at the same time continuously. It was constant torture that I cannot describe. I was no longer treated as a human with feelings and a life. I was nothing more than a COVID vaccine human guinea pig, and the doctors excited to participate in my fascinating progression to death. He said, if you want to know more, please ask my wife. I wish I would never have gotten vaccinated. And if you are not vaccinated, don't do it unless you're ready to suffer and die. Does that get your attention, perhaps? You say, well, that's just one instance. Yes, that's true. That is just one instance. But why did the nurses and doctors that were hovering over him urge him to warn the rest of the world? You know why? Because if they did it, they would lose their jobs. That's why. Now, it may come as you as a surprise that Bill Gates, who has been promoting vaccines, in fact, global vaccination for years now, also who is promoting the reduction of the population of the planet by two-thirds or three-quarters in order for planet survival has now admitted, he has admitted on television, I have watched and listened to his admission. Here's what he said. He openly admitted that the mRNA shots being used don't help prevent transmission. Did you hear that? Bill Gates admitted openly that the mRNA shots being used don't help prevent transmission. He says, you know, we didn't have vaccines that block transmission. We got vaccines that help you with your health, but they only slightly reduce transmission. In other words, they really don't reduce transmission. And they really don't ultimately help you with your health necessarily because there are hundreds of thousands who are dying or being seriously impaired as a result of these vaccines. And as Dr. McCullough indicated, it appears that there are more people actually dying as a result of the vaccine than are dying 
from COVID itself. Now, I didn't say that. I'm not making that up. I'm not the doctor. But here's a doctor. I'm looking at his face right now. Dr. Schraub Luchmediel, a Canadian doctor who said in a social media post that he wouldn't cry at the funerals of what he called selfish, unvaccinated people. But the good doctor died two weeks after receiving his third COVID jab. He was a prominent news, news, uh, Brunswick cardiologist. He died unexpectedly on November 8th. He was 52 years of age. He received his third COVID vaccine injection October 24th. In a July 10th tweet, he made it clear how he felt about those who chose not to get the shot. He said the collective argument to protect those who cannot get the vaccine, who want protection, immune compromise, the very young, the homeless, and disenfranchised, for those who won't get the shot for selfish reasons, whatever, I won't cry at their funeral. However, the head of the cardiac surgery at the New Brunswick Heart Center, where the doctor worked, said that the doctor's death was sudden, unexpected for all of us. He was actually on call the morning before. Meanwhile, a 28-year-old FedEx worker and bodybuilder died four days after receiving the second dose of the Moderna vaccine. Jay Kazmarok, a federal a FedEx driver in Rochester, New York, got his first dose on August 31st and his second on September 28th. He experienced multiple symptoms shortly after the second shot and unexpectedly died four days later. Kasbrek posted the COVID-19 vaccination card the day he got his second dose. The next day, he made a post on Facebook about vaccine side effects. But he died four days later. The COVID world also recently reported on the deaths within days of receiving the Moderna vaccine by Mashur Rahman and Li Yu Bin and Valentina Benini. Rahman was a healthy 16-year-old boy living in Venice, Italy. He got his shot at the beginning of August and immediately suffered multiple symptoms, such as a high fever and severe headache. He went to the emergency room three times but was sent home each time. His last visit was to... Angelo Hospital, where he was quickly transferred to the intensive care unit and died just a few days later. Lee Yu Bin was a 20-year-old student in South Korea. She died shortly after receiving the Moderna vaccine. But authorities, of course, claimed it now that her death had nothing to do with the vaccine. But a new investigation has determined that the vaccine was the main cause of her sudden death. She died just 12 days after getting the shot. She was normally healthy, collapsed four days after her first dose of the Moderna vaccine. She was rushed to the emergency room, underwent brain surgery, died a week later. Benini, a 49-year-old Italian woman, died 12 hours after receiving the Moderna jab. She got her shot July 15th, was found lifeless in her home just 12, de- 12 hours later. The investigation into her sudden death is still ongoing, but she was in good health. Nothing suspicious until the jab. 
many will say, well, these are just uh, incidental things that are being reported. Yes. Isn't that how we gather information? And you accumulate the information, and it should begin to form a viewpoint, an opinion. When you hear reports that vaccine-related deaths are going through the roof, should that not be getting the attention of our president? Shouldn't that be getting the attention of the CDC, the FDA, Dr. Fauci, and all of those who are related to these issues? You would think so, but not. This report came from the World Tribune. During the first six months of 2021, 30,305 people died of COVID-19 within three weeks of receiving the vaccine. That was in the UK alone. It was revealed by the UK Office for National Statistics. It destroyed the narrative that the majority of deaths from COVID amid the most recent wave of the virus were unvaccinated individuals. Data on the number of people who died within 21 days of getting the jab was available was inadvertently, they said, published by the Office for National Statistics. In other words, they weren't going to tell the people about it, but it got out anyway. And now the truth is known. Inadvertently published. That number was 30,305 deaths within 21 days of receiving the vaccine. This was a clear attempt to dupe the public into believing the majority of COVID-19 deaths are occurring among the unvaccinated population, but the truth got out. What's interesting to note here is that a further 124,000 people died 21 days or more after the COVID-19 vaccine. How many of those occurred up to 28 days after the vaccination or even 60 days after the vaccination? Consider they have and still do use this parameter to count COVID-19 deaths. In other words, the total number of deaths was far more than 30,000. And that was in the U.K. Then we have this report. Shocking new study reveals COVID vaccine terminates four out of five pregnancies via spontaneous abortions. The study was published in the New England Journal of Medicine, reveals that when pregnant women are given COVID vaccines during their first or second trimesters, they suffer an 82% spontaneous abortion rate that is killing four out of five unborn babies. So this is another new way to reduce population, isn't it? while pretending to provide health and protection. Just as disturbing as the data itself is the fact that the study's authors apparently sought to deliberately obfuscate the truth about vaccines causing spontaneous abortions by obfuscating numbers in their own calculations. The study was almost certainly a cover-up to try to claim vaccinating pregnant women is perfectly safe. But the study actually showed quite the opposite. What would you, how would you describe what we're talking about here? How would you describe it? Would you describe it as vaccination terror? 
or a vaccination obituary for all the people that are dying as a result of the deception being carried on in the name of health by those that we trusted for health care and for government for the benefit of we the people Something's really wrong, isn't it? In other words, friends, what is actually happening? Please understand this. We've said it many, many times here on Viewpoint before. This whole issue is not about health. It is being used by those who are, shall we say, conniving, corroborating together to gain a new world order to bring everyone under global mandate. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. SaveUS.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, SaveUS.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, SaveUS.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archived. Save America Ministries website at SaveUS.org. Are we under tribulation, friends? Are we experienced tribulation? What is tribulation anyway? The Greek word from which we get the word tribulation is slipsis, which means pressure. Would you not say that what's happening in our world today via the so-called vaccines and the stripping away of human liberty, overlooking constitutions, overlooking the Bill of Rights, overlooking just basic human respect. Would you not say that it's ushering in a time of unprecedented pressure in the Western world, even in America? Indeed it is. Do I believe that this is the great tribulation that Jesus promised? No. This is the period leading up to it. And the period leading up to it is not characteristic initially of the mark of the beast. The period leading up to the great tribulation is a period that sets the stage for the introduction and receipt or receptivity uh, willingly among the people for the infamous mark of of the beast. People have asked me, do you, Chuck, do you believe that this vaccine is the mark of the beast? No, I don't. 
However, it is leading inevitably to prepare the minds and the hearts of people throughout the world to willingly and easily receive the coming mark. Because what is about to take place sooner than you would think, sooner than you're willing to think, is a multiplied aspect of pressure that is going to bring economic factors beyond anything that you have heretofore imagined. Together with so-called COVID factors, an increasing of virus activity, very likely, shall we say, the spreading of variants of COVID, coupled with a rising flu during this next season, right, that's coming right as we speak, coupled with the fact that the vaccines themselves, which are not vaccines, are actually destroying your existing immune system, your natural immune system, and replacing it with a counterfeit or artificial immune system that will, that is calculated only to reduce the symptoms of a particular nuance of the COVID virus. So what happens when other variants come on, such as the Delta and so on? Then they keep saying, well, you're going to have to get a booster. You're going to have to get this. You're going to have to get that. How far down the road are you going to have to get these? It's not going to stop. That's how the control is gained. Through fear and threat of force. Whether you want to call it vaccination terror or the obituary coming from those who are losing their lives, thinking that the vaccine was going to save them, when actually it terrorizes their bodies and brings them, their bodies to submission to the horrific effects of the vaccines, the jabs. The Bill Gates already admitted, as we've been saying over and over and over again on this program, those jabs are not intended to, nor have they ever been intended to prevent the spread of the virus. They have only been intended to diminish the severity of the effects of the virus if you should get it. But now the effects of the virus, the severity of the potential effects of the virus are being replaced by the even greater severity of the jabs themselves. That's what Dr. McCullough has been telling us. And he's not the only one. That's why vaccine-related deaths are going through the roof. Now, in order to best prepare your mind and your heart for the times that are already here but are coming, they're escalating as we speak. 
I urge you to get a copy of my book, Antichrist, How to Identify the Coming Imposter. Shall we say the soon-coming imposter? Antichrist, How to Identify the Coming Imposter. $22 will put it in your hands. You need to read it slowly. Absorb it. It's written in such a way that you can read it in small increments of 15, 20 minutes at a time. That's how I like to read books, too. I don't have time to just sit down and read, 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 read. $22 on our website, saveus.org, or give us a call at 1-800-SAVE-USA. That's 1-800-SAVE-USA, or write to us at Save America Ministries. P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. Antichrist, how to identify the coming imposter. This is a big deal, friends. This is not just about temporal issues here on this planet. This is not just whether you're going to survive covid or survive the jab. It's about the environment, the global spiritual environment that is ushering in this terrorizing activity. The virus was bad enough. But government agencies, godless government agencies around the world, who have been just waiting, waiting, waiting in the wings for something to latch onto to catapult the world down the track to the new world order, or as uh, the uh, Pope said today, the Great Reset, which he is reporting to the max. So the Vatican is behind the Great Reset. The Vatican is one of the instigators of the Great Reset or the new world order. You need to remember that. Keep that in mind. Very important. In order to appreciate the gravity of what is taking place, some of it is taking place in the nature, in in the domain of technology. Some of it is taking place in the domain of economics. Some of it is taking place in the domain of medicine, and health. Some of it is taking place in the domain of ecology or environmentalism. But behind it all is the spiritual driving force. And they are, shall we say, whether intentionally or just uh, uh a matter of just happening, confederating together to support one another in their collective agenda for a new world order, which is a resurrecting Tower of Babel, a resurrecting spiritual Tower of Babel, a resurrecting Roman Empire that existed when Jesus came on the scene the first time and that will be ruling the world when Jesus comes again. 
as Messiah. It's all happening right in front of us. Also, while we're breaking here for just a moment, I want to urge you to seriously consider becoming a partner with us. You see, if we were telling people what they want to hear, then we could raise lots of money. People will pour their money into that which they want to hear. But they aren't so prone to do so for things that they need to hear. And that's the reason why none of the prophets in the Old Testament were popular. None. Because God had called them to tell the people what they needed to hear from God's viewpoint, not what they wanted to hear. Many of the priests were telling the people what they wanted to hear. So God couldn't get his message out through the pastors and the priests, so he had to raise up prophetic voices that would take the great risk to tell the people what they needed to hear from God's viewpoint. So now you can understand why. We've been on the air now for 26 and a half years and are not on 500 stations. It's because it takes tremendous money, the flow of huge amounts of money, to be able to accomplish that. And so we must resort to what we're able to do with the limited resources that God makes available and then trust him from there. Now, one of the ways to get the message out is for you, our listeners, to tell other people, to send them emails, to send them, uh, you know, Report it on Facebook, whatever. Get the message out. Not everybody's going to hear. In fact, relatively few. But do it anyway. If you care for people, if you care for your relatives, your friends, your neighbors, and so on, get the message out. And then help us financially, if you will. We'll be right back. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. Welcome back to Viewpoint. Today we're talking about vaccination terror, or we might call it the vaccination obituary, because we've reported many 
many different uh, persons who have died, the stories behind their deaths all over the world as a result of, and within a few days, or within two weeks of getting vaccinated. Now, how about our children? A new report revealed that globalist white papers that were published by the United Nations World Health Organization back in 2014, seven years ago, provides major details about a very sly and underhanded way to bypass the need for parental consent when it comes to the administration of a vaccine for children who are 6 to 17. The title of the document is called Considerations Regarding Consent in Vaccinating Children and Adolescents Between 6 and 17 Years Old. It goes on to explain how to handle this specific population group, which, quote, may present for vaccination without an accompanying parent or legal guardian, unquote. So according to the UN's description of the term assent, because this is what they're talking about, two words, consent or assent. So the UN in this uh, report is saying what we need to do with regard to kids is we're going to replace the word consent with the word assent. I want you to think about that. They're saying international law provides strong support for children's rights to participate in decisions about their health and health care. Next, the globalist organization notes that the average age of adulthood throughout the world is 18 years old, and that in the age group to 6 to 17 years cannot provide consent to vaccination And so consent is normally required from their parent or legal guardian, the report says. Then the paper goes on to make the assumption that the idea of allowing adolescents the right to choose for themselves is one that is catching on. So the scariest and most troubling section of this paper comes under part three, a page titled, quote, Common Approaches for Obtaining Consent for Vaccination, unquote. There, health workers are told that implied consent is a situation where the physical presence of the child or adolescent, with or without an accompanying parent at the vaccination session, is considered to imply consent. The globalist group claims sending notices to parents announcing vaccination clinics will be appearing at schools is sufficient enough to imply consent if the child then appears at the vaccination clinic without the parent. Under another section of the document, it says, when mandatory vaccination is established in relevant provisions in law, consent may not be required. Near the end of this eight-page notice, the World Health Organization flat out tells healthcare workers to allow children ages 6 to 17 to decide themselves whether or not they want to be vaccinated, regardless of parental consent. Therefore, they're basically saying, 
where parental consent is required, health care workers should allow older children and adolescents to provide assent to the vaccination. So the opinion of those who want to vaccinate the kids against their parents' consent will prevail because they will conclude that the child assented rather than consented. See the word game here? Now, in this context, why is it that Pfizer falsified data in its vaccine trial with regard to the children's so-called vaccine? I have it right in front of me. Hours before the CDC panel's approval of the Pfizer vaccine for children 5 to 11, the British Medical Journal published an article featuring a whistleblower's charge that poor practices at a contract research company helping to carry out Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine trial may have compromised data integrity and patient safety. The whistleblower, Brooke Jackson, was a regional director in Texas who was employed at the research organization Ventavia Research Group. After her company ignored her complaints, she emailed the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. On the same day that she sent the email, she was fired. In other words, don't you dare tell the truth about what's going on here. It's all about money, friends. So Jackson told the uh, British Medical Journal that during the pivotal Phase three trial, Pfizer falsified data, unblinded patients, employed inadequately trained vaccinators, and was slow to follow up on reported adverse events. She provided dozens of internal company documents, photos, audio recordings, and emails to back up her claims. Then, the FDA, supposedly protecting Americans and America's children, approved the Pfizer shot for kids, and one week after an FDA advisory panel voted 17 to 0 with only one abstention to recommend it. In other words, they went against everything that had been said, all the reports, and you're going to find out why. It may be shocking to you. Perhaps you've heard it, but you're going to hear it again. During the FDA advisory committee meeting, to discuss whether or not to approve the Pfizer shot for kids 5 to 11. Dr. Eric Rubin, editor-in-chief of the New England Journal of Medicine, expressed the concern of many members about possible severe side effects that cannot yet be measured. But he concluded there was no other way forward. Now listen to what he said. We're never going to learn about how safe the vaccine is unless we start giving it. In other words, cast all caution to the wind. The very thing that the FDA is here to protect Americans against, we're going to forfeit because we just want to get a vaccine out there for kids. So we're never going to learn how safe the vaccine is unless we start giving it. 
Sounds like Nancy Pelosi, remember when she said, you know, you're just going to have to approve this bill and then you can read it, find out what's in it. Now, that story is not over. A newly released document has revealed that the pharmaceutical giant Pfizer has added a secret heart attack drug to the children's version of the coronavirus vaccine. The Food and Drug Administration Advisory Committee, the very same group of people who voted 17 to 0 to approve the shots for kids between age 5 and 11, was then notified that the children's version of the drug now contains tromethamine, called TRIS, a a chemical that reduces the acidity of blood and helps to stabilize individuals who have suffered a heart attack. In other words, Pfizer is concerned that your kids, age 5'11", are going to suffer heart attacks as a result of their so-called vaccine. Does this comfort you? Not to mention the dangerous side effects from the Tris itself that they injected, that they put in there without the approval of the FDA. Listen to the many side effects caused by this Tris. That's the shortened form for it. Respiratory depression, local irritation, tissue inflammation, injection site infection, febrile response, chemical phlebitis, Venospasms, that is vein spasms, hypervolemia, thrombosis, necrosis, sloughing of tissues, transient decreases in blood glucose concentrations, hypoglycemia, hepatic necrosis with infusion of low-lying umbilical venous catheters. And most of these side effects are actually worse than the COVID vaccine itself and Worse than the virus, friends, worse than the virus itself, which has relatively little effect upon our kids. No wonder. No wonder commentary, uh, commentator Joe Schaefer wrote a piece in the World Tribune, jabbing kids and the culture of death. It's all about population control. Listen to Atul Gawande, Joe Biden's nominee to lead global health development at the U.S. Agency for International Development. He was a surgeon at Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston. Gawande has seen his nomination held up by Senator Marco Rubio due to his horrifyingly stated defense of partial birth abortion in a 1998 article written for the news site Slate. Here's what he said. Grossness is not a good objection to partial birth abortion. Lots of operations are gross, like leg amputations, bum surgery, removal of facial tumors. But that doesn't make them wrong. So now Atul Gawande is very excited about seeing young children receive the coronavirus vaccine. His Twitter account has retweeted the crudest forms of sick emotional propaganda devoting to getting kids jabbed.
We don't have time to go into all of the further details here. But it's sickening. Technocracy News declares 60% of those older than 50 who die from COVID are double vaxxed. 60%. The Vayers Day or Database is undercounting vax complications by a factor of 100, according to the World Tribune. Then we have an encouraging report. One of the top critical care physicians in the world has filed a lawsuit to allow he and his colleagues to administer ivermectin as part of treating COVID patients. His name is Dr. Paul Merrick, director of the ICU at Centara Norfolk General Hospital. He filed the lawsuit after being instructed by Centara Healthcare that he could no longer administer a range of what he says are highly effective COVID-19 treatments to critically ill patients. Ivermectin was part of the same treatments Merrick said he has successfully used to reduce COVID deaths by the ICU by as much as 50%. The result of the prohibition has been a sharp increase in patient mortality, he said, and Dr. Merrick can no longer stand by while patients needlessly die without proper treatment. So he he filed the complaint in the Circuit Court for the City of Norfolk, Virginia, and states that Centara Healthcare is preventing terminally ill COVID patients from exercising their right to choose and to receive safe, potentially safe, life-saving treatment determined to be appropriate for them by their attending physician. That's good news. You might pray for that good doctor because he is going to be up against vast money and power that is intent on preventing anything as inexpensive or as effective as ivermectin or hydrochloroquine or any other remedy other than super expensive so-called vaccines that now are proliferating like rabbits under mandate of government. Thanks for joining us. Again, get a copy of the book, Antichrist, How to Identify the Coming Imposter, $22 on our website. Call us 1-800-SAVE-USA and seriously consider becoming a partner. I believe God will bless you. God bless and be a blessing. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home. 